Oh, this one right here is going to be a long one right here. Mmm. Oh, this is going to be long. Hold on, let me get my reading glasses on. That's on the go, first of all. Listen, I was over here thinking about, you know, the childhood memories and such things. And, you know, I, I'm going to tell you what triggered it, okay? I was on uh, Facebook about last week, and uh, one of my old classmates was expressing, I'm not going to, you know, say their name or nothing, but uh, one of my old classmates was expressing how they wanted to do something for Black History Month for our old school. And it was a couple fights that had broke out, and um, ultimately, for whatever reason, I don't think it was a good reason, but for for those fights, the um, what they were planning got canceled. And I, I now, I'm not sure if they would say that they weren't allowed back on those school grounds. Not sure why, but, you know, it just got me to thinking about when I was going to school, you know. And let me, let me, <laughs> let me take y'all back down my memory lane, okay? Way before I was cussing people out on dates and, you know, uh, before I had a worst date, before I was comfortable being myself. We're going to go way back to 2008, January 2008 to be exact. Now, I don't know where a lot of y'all were at that time, but I'll tell you where I was. I had just moved across state lines all the way to South Carolina. Where in South Carolina? Chester, South Carolina. Now, if any of you know where Chester, South Carolina is, I probably either went to school with you, your family know my family. It, the, it, the possibilities is endless. I'm sure we've crossed paths, even if we haven't spoke in Chester. If you ever lived in Chester or know where that's at, I'm sure my people know your people. Simple. So, we're going to go to 2008, January. I had was about to have my first day of school. And... Like most first-day Jettas, I was really, really nervous. And when I got there, I remember, <laughs> I'll never forget it, because on the way to the school, it was um, my first day. It was my stepdad's niece who drove me, us, to school. Uh, I was one of the few that was getting um, dropped off at... Um, the elementary school, Chester Park. And Chester Park is a big old school. It is still some halls I have not traveled down. It's so big. 
because it's three elementary schools in one building. You got the School of Arts, you have the School of Technology, and you have the School of Inquiry. I was in the School of Inquiry. So, get in this building. I read the cafeteria. It looks so big to me. You know, I'm the third grader, you know. Um, I ain't know where to go, you know. I'm just like, oh, you know, I get to my class. And, and then, mind you, mind you, being in this school was a huge culture shock for me because Chester as a whole is a predominantly black county. It's you'll see more black people than anything else. Now, I mean it is, you know, it's 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 white folks there, it's it's uh Asian folks there, but predominantly what you will mostly see is black people. It's it's you know. So there was a culture shock for me because I had never been around such a wide group of black people, you know. Other, well, other black people, other black kids and things. And because um, before that, I was in West Virginia and I was the second black kid in that school. Literally, if you ever wanted to know what life was like as a polka dot, back then I, I was that polka dot. Now, it's different now because, you know, times have evolved and a lot of people, you know, that are having children, they happen to be of mixed race and everything. So it's more diverse than it up there than what it used to be when I was uh, little. Now, before that, I was in... Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, which is, you know, where I was born, which I still call my hometown. Because um, I, I lived there, some, you know, up until, like, I was age nine. But when I was going to school there, and uh, it was, it, it wasn't, it was diverse. But I feel like at that time, you know, between kindergarten to second grade, nobody really saw color like that. At least I didn't. I mean, I knew there was you know, different shades and things, but color didn't really matter to me, so if I'm being perfectly honest. It was a, 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 a diverse crowd, although it, it was more, I feel like it was more, um, more, more of, of the whiter, white kids than anything. And I'm not bringing up race to, let me see. I'm not bringing up race as a form of trying to bash another race. Let me go ahead and put that out there now because I love all races. I'm only bringing up race to work in with my point, okay, of my experience from going from a mostly uh, kind of diverse school to a all like 98% um, white school with two percentiles, black, me being the second, you know, to going to an all-black school where there was a, a little sprinkle here and there of, of, other, of, of other kids. Now, it was a culture shock because, you know, I, going to school for me when I was in Charlotte, they were very big on behavior, like you could not, you could not. If you cursed, oh, uh, the assistant principal, he was coming to get you. 
he was coming to get you. I don't, I don't think he still worked there. So I say his name, Mr. Alexander. And me and him got along really well because he, he never had any problems out of me. You know, I was a pretty well-behaved student. I always, I've always been a well-behaved student uh, in, in school. Um, so then, you know, in, you know, in the Charlotte school, they taught us, you know, you know, this is how you use it. We literally had an assembly on napkin use. Either you tuck it in your shirt or you put it on your lap. I honestly think they got tired of us young kids making messes, if I'm being honest with you. But that was that was the kind of school it was. It was about you no know, uh teaching manner manners and etiquette and speech, you know. Um then when I went to West Virginia it was different because in a sense that nobody, I couldn't find anybody that looked like me except for one person, one person. And his name, now I say his his name, uh, Chandler. I ain't saying his last name, no. But Chandler was the other black kid in school. Y'all remember that episode? <laughs> Y'all remember the episode of uh Everybody Hates Chris when he finally saw another black kid in that school. That that I'm sure that's how Chandler felt when he saw me walk in that classroom. You know, it you know, it was just it, it wasn't something that you saw in uh West Virginia. And the particular part I lived in was Parkersburg. Okay. The only black people I saw was me, Chandler, my sisters and my daddy. That that was it. That was literally it. Um, everybody else was, you know, white. Which I, I was comfortable. Nobody made me feel like, well, from the kid's standpoint. I don't, I don't know how it was for my dad being there as an adult. But for me, as a, um, a child, I don't think anybody made me feel a type of way because I was black. As far as the kids go. Now, there was some stereotypes going on, but not to the point of me realizing what was being said to me from other kids. And that and I wouldn't hold it against them now anyways, because, you know, they didn't know any better. I remember this one girl. Uh, she was my friend, too. She every time I said something a little a little sassy, whatever, she'd be like, oh, you remind me of my friend Rosa Shona. I was like, girl, who the hell is Rosa Shona? Who I don't even know her. Like, who is that? Like, you know, and you know, stuff like that. But um <clears throat> outside of that, you know, I didn't really have any uh hard time going there. Going to school there was actually very easy. Uh making friends was very easy. I was friends with pretty much my whole class. I didn't have any problems with anybody. Um and then leaving and coming to South Carolina which is where my mom was, you know, then living in Chester, South Carolina. And I, by this point, I used to visit Chester back when I was in Charlotte. I hated it, <laughs> to say the least, because you got, y'all got to understand, you taking somebody who is used to being in a, a part of a busy city with a nice, I was, you know, I was a bit of a suburban kid in Charlotte, you know, like nice green grass and uh, parks and nice swings and uh, 
fast buses, city buses, watching the hustle and bustle of downtown, going to the Arboretum just to go to Walmart. It was something to do with, you know, my other sisters and going to the library and, you know, having time for adventure. I have a lot of fond memories, but but that's going to be for another um, podcast. But coming from that and visiting Chester was just, I hate it because I felt that Chester was so boring because it was so quiet and I didn't feel like it was ever anything to do. I, I honestly, I didn't appreciate Chester until I left. I'm going to be honest. I, I didn't, I didn't appreciate Chester County until I left. Because by that point, I didn't want to go. Because it had become a place of, I, I would say comfort. Yeah, I, I knew what to expect. It was comfort. So, back to my third grade self. Coming to this class, and there's um, a new variety of people that are potential friends and everything, and the everything was just different. Every everything, but you know what? I met uh, the other kids. I actually met my class in uh, the special. The special that day was uh, the guidance counselor. I will never forget the guidance counselor. Um, Miss, her name back then was Miss Miss Taylor, sweetest lady. Oh, sweetest lady, I I love her so much. To this day, I I love and appreciate her. Any conversation me and her have ever had, I I love love her. But yeah, this is where I met my third grade class. We was in Miss Rushing's class. Love, 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 love Miss Rushing. Um. And I met my classmates. Now, for a little while, I couldn't pronounce any of my classmates' names. And before I get any of them responses, they'd be like, well, what, I mean, what did you, you know, were they ghetto? I don't think there's a such thing as a ghetto name. Let me go ahead and put that out there. Um, I think there's a such thing as unique names. I have. I feel like there's a such thing as uncommon names. But, you know, to just call a name ghetto because of who it's attached to or the the vibe it may give you that I don't think that's fair because they couldn't choose their names no more than they could choose the color of their skin. And a lot of names that we find ghetto here means something totally different somewhere else. You know, we might hear a name. Someone might think, oh, that's just ghetto. They ain't going to get no job. But but in another country, that name means royalty. That that name means, wow, just rude motorcycles. I just, but that, may, that name might mean something prestige. Y'all get what I'm saying? So I try not to because I'm not perfect. Some names I do hear, I be like, oh, well. But you know what? What helped me decipher that, a person from their name, is that just because you hear a name, you cannot assume who that person is going to be. You can't do that because I've met wonderful people 
and still meet wonderful people who don't have a name like mine. My name is very common. Very common. So it's not it's not hard to mispronounce, even though people still do. They misspell my name by switching like two letters and I can't stand it. But uh it's a you know, it's a thing and I am appreciative that I got to meet some peop people that looked like me, had experience like me, you know, I had those experiences everywhere I went, but never with such a large group of people. So third grade, right? Now, not 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 gonna lie, it was tough for me because there, I it was it was people I could hear pe- people. Oh, I said her. <laughs> I could hear people, you know, calling people say, "Oh, that's why your mama got a tank head." Oh, da 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 da. You know, I hear kids arguing, go back and forth like that, roasting on each other, and that was new to me because that was never acceptable in any other school I have ever been in. But here it's very different. You got people, you know, cussing each other out. This is third grade now. You got people cussing at each other. They fighting, all that stuff, right? I had never been exposed to that in school before. Now, have I seen fights? Of course. I'm number five of five of, you know, my, you know, I'm the fifth child. The last and final fifth, the fifth child. I have four sisters. I'm the only boy. I've been in fights with siblings. I've seen fights with siblings. So I'm not saying that fighting is something I just never saw. I've seen plenty of fights. I've seen arguments, you know, all that good stuff. But I had never seen it in a wide range in a public place like a school before. That's the point I'm making. So third grade for a little while got a little tough because eventually, you know, I felt like I had became my teacher's favorite. And that might have been true. But it's mainly because I felt so out of place. And um, because I felt out of place, it was, I wasn't as sociable then as I am now. I was very, very, very shy, very quiet. I really liked and preferred to keep to myself. Back in those days. And I still in a lot of ways kind of do. Um, so I got a little tough because all the other kids would be like, well, you know, she didn't start yelling at us and everything until you got here. Because you such the perfect person. Like you quiet. You always do what you told you. Always, you know, pretty much deeming me the teacher's pad. Which I didn't mind. I always kind of had good relationships with my teachers because I never gave them any problems. You know, that was just me, you know. I remember all of my teachers' names, and I never had, well, I didn't start having negative opinions about my teachers until I got to middle school. But we'll get there, because that's going to be in this segment, too, because we're talking about my time in Chester, okay? So that was, you know, that was a thing. But I did meet one of my best friends in third grade. One of my best, two of my best friends, actually, uh, in third grade. We we are still friends to this day. Well, I'm friends with them. I don't, they're not friends with each other, but I'm still friends with each of them to this day. Meeting from third grade. And we're still friends. 
Do we talk as often as we used to? Of course not. We all, you know, we got different things going on, going at different paces in life. But you know what? Those those are still, still my best friends. Now, moving up to fourth grade, I was still shy, a little bit more social. Oh, wait, before I go to the... Uh, um, fourth grade. Let me let me tell y'all one of the best things that I loved about Chester Park that I never got at any other school. Now, I told y'all this school was predominantly black, correct? All right. The whole county was predominantly black, all right? But Chester County was the only school, well, Chester Park was the only school that cared about black history in the sense that it wasn't depressing to talk about. Every other chapter, like after elementary school, when middle school and high school, only thing I pretty much heard about Black History Month is, okay, y'all were slaves. Okay, then... Then we uh, stopped being slaves. You were sharecroppers then. Then, okay, let's see after that. uh, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks, you know, boom. That's it. No mention of nothing. Oh, 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 oh. And of course, oh, y'all used to get lynched and hung. I'm not saying y'all is like somebody, you know, from an opposing race or something like that. was I'm just saying what the textbook said. You know, y'all were, y'all were hung, y'all, uh, y'all got lynched, a lot of y'all got murdered, butchered, bulleted, all that, uh, got uh, accused of the wrong crime, all that, yeah. It wasn't until mid, uh, high school that I started seeing, no, no, it was a high school, it was, no, no, I would say middle school, towards like, I would say eighth grade, till I started seeing Malcolm X's name in a textbook that I had to look for myself. And even then, it was a very short paragraph. It was all this information on Martin Luther King. And don't I'm not bashing uh, anybody. I'm just saying there's a whole lot on Martin Luther King who was more so passive than what it was on Malcolm X who wasn't passive. That's the point I'm making. And then Black Panther, the Black Panther movement, or the group were not mentioned to me at all until the 11th grade. Once again, that was maybe two paragraphs. So the thing to bring me back full circle back to Chester Park was that that they had a knowledge bowl every year. But we didn't talk about... In these knowledge bowls, we didn't talk about no lynchings. We didn't talk about no hangings. We didn't talk about uh, being murdered. We talked about the inventors. We talked about the songstress, the songstresses. We talked about the poets. We talked about the the trailblazers. We talked about uh, the, the self-made millionaires. We, we talked about black excellence before it became a hashtag. So I will always, always love and appreciate that about Chester Park. 
always. And I really hope they're still doing it. Uh, it was uh, at the time it was a librarian by the name of Miss Cooper. She was awesome. I loved the way that she articulated herself when she spoke. I loved that she had so much knowledge at the tip of her tongue. You know, that was a lot of things that happened with a lot of older people in Chester is that it was always knowledge to go around. All you really had to do was just sit and listen. It could be in a story. It could be, you know, just listening to older people or who, you know, at the time me being so young or who we thought were old (laughs) at the time, listening to them share their stories and their experiences. It was always knowledge to go around. And I'm a sponge. Still, I'm a sponge soaking in all the knowledge that I can. I love learning new things. I love hearing new stories, uh, you know, old stories. I love, I love knowledge. That is something that will never change about me. But I appreciated the fact that Chester Park was about black excellence. And I feel like what they said, like, well, we got this whole school full of predominantly black children. Black History Month is coming up. And let's give them an experience they can maybe think about later or appreciate later, even if they don't appreciate it now. So they had a knowledge bowl, could fill out the paper and say, you know, we we talked about uh, Mae Jemison. Jemison. Um, We talked about... Now, a lot of the questions was like a prompt. It would be like a person, like of who, you know, like Madam C.J. Walker, Frederick Douglass, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, you know. And before this, now before coming, I didn't know about none of this before I came to Chester Park. Before it, before I came to Chester Park, I didn't know any of these things. I didn't know, and it might have not been a part of the curriculum back then, because you know, before then I was in. Uh, I was in, you know, kindergarten up to third grade and other places. The first half of third grade and other places. So, you know, but I appreciate the fact that Chester Park was willing to educate the good things. So, moving on out of third grade and into fourth grade, I was still very uh, shy, didn't really talk. Um... My best friend was in, one of my best friends was in class with me. Um, I think the funnest thing I did in fourth grade, honestly, was go to J.A. Beardstown. That was one of the best trips. Yeah, that was one of the best trips I, I, I went to. And then, um, so, you know, I was, I was talking more, but I still mm, couldn't really get me to talk too much if I didn't know you. Uh, roll around, fifth grade comes. Now, fifth grade now. Oh, okay. I'm going to get into fifth grade. Uh, I'm going to try not to get emotional. Okay. But if I do, fuck it. You know, um, Fifth grade, I mm, had the best teacher. 
I she's I recently wrote her and just had to tell her how much I appreciated her, you know. Okay, got cut off for there for a moment. Um, fifth grade, that's where I was at. <clears throat> I had the best teacher ever in fifth grade. And I remember piggybacking the fourth grade. They did ask us. I don't even know if this had anything to do with what class we ended up in. Yeah, we they asked us, whose class do you want to be in? You want to be in this teacher class or this teacher class? And I quickly wrote, this teacher, I'm going to tell you why. I want her to teach me that song. And the, <laughs> the thing is, the song I was referring to every year when the fifth graders uh, about to go to middle school, we had, they had a graduate, graduation ceremony. At this point, I had watched it twice, the third grade and fourth grade. I was watching fifth grade to move on. And the song that they sung was uh, The World's Greatest by R. Kelly. And, you know, it was a little dance choreographed with it. You know, something a little light, you know. Uh, And and then um, one year it was a teacher. Oh, I forget her name. I'm going to say Miss P. I know it's not what it Miss P had sung... Wind Beneath Our Wings. Yes. And it was, a re- she really, oh, I'm getting chills thinking about it. Oh, gosh. Um, she really, you know, she did that song. She she did that. Um, so, fourth grade, they said, who class you want to be in? Now, I'm thinking this teacher was the one that put all this together because I didn't really see the other teacher that much. Um, barely, if all, at all. Uh, I know she 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 was hippie. The other teacher, she, was, she had hips on her. I think that's why a lot of the boys wanted to be in her class, but, you know, I wanted to be in the class with who I felt was the more creative, and that was the teacher I got. I, I, yes, I got the teacher I wanted. I don't know if what we wrote uh, influenced that. They say it didn't, but I feel like it kind of did. I feel like they read my letter. But, um, yeah, I got in the class I wanted to. And it's, cra- it's crazy because that whole class, for the first time, I was in a completely black classroom. In fourth grade, I had we had one one uh, white student. Third grade, we had no no no. Third grade was all black too. No, we had one Hispanic student. So one Hispanic student in third grade, one white student in fourth grade. Fifth grade come around, we all black. Hmm. <laughs> So, um, that's how that went. So, um, you know, being a part of her classroom, um, I'm gonna call her Miss W. I don't know if she want to be put out there like that, but I'm gonna call her Miss Mrs. W because she's a married woman. I'm gonna be respectful, Mrs. W. I recently wrote her, uh, just to thank her for everything she had ever done for me. During that time, fifth, fifth grade was a very hard school year for me because 
my mother and my stepfather were going through a lot at that time. And I was seeing a lot of things that I shouldn't have. Uh, let me not let me not say I shouldn't have because every household is different. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna do that. Uh, what I will say is that I seen things that I wish I hadn't, and I wouldn't want anybody who was my age to see some of those things. I'll say that. And it was the very awkward phase of the beginning of puberty. So for a little while, I got to be the musty kid. Y'all know that one, but everybody, but you musty, you know that. I was, <laughs> yeah. So, but you know, when I was when I was going through uh, those things, I didn't realize at the time that I was depressed. Because in fifth grade, I didn't know what the hell depression was. I didn't know it was a thing. And, and quite frankly, you know, back then in those, in, in a place like that, when you were a kid, you weren't allowed to be depressed. Who? How dare you think you can be depressed? You don't pay no bills up in here. That was the mindset going around. Now, I'm saying not just in my house, but I'm saying like just in general, like especially back then, um, nobody was at the time, nobody was really taking depression and social anxiety as something serious just yet. Um, but, you know, when I went through something, this this lady prayed with me. She prayed for me. And if if she had noticed anything of any disruption, she would, you know, bring it upon herself to ask and check on me. I feel like um, she was the first person to see me as a person and not as a child. And I think that that's really all I ever wanted. At the time, it's just to be seen and not just told, ultimately, to stay in the child's place. She made me feel like when she looked at me, she saw somebody that was more than their age. She saw a person with feelings and emotions that was entitled to those feelings and emotions. That was the first time I had ever felt seen by somebody. And um, outside of my family, that is. And I have the utmost love and respect and admiration for her. Um, And yes, I am getting emotional because I remember exactly where I was in my head and, and that in those moments in that class. And um, it was good to feel like a person. But that school, that fifth grade, it, it brought in a lot of challenges, but it also would set me up to operate, you know, even in a lot of ways I do now. But I remember that I really, 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 loved her as a teacher. 
Um, fifth grade is also when I noticed that I might just be a little different. Um, perhaps. But that's also when I think a lot of people started questioning my sexuality as far as other students and people around town went. Now, I feel like if that wasn't a factor, I don't feel like I would have as many bad things to say as far as my growing up. On when it comes to that that individual spectrum, I feel like a lot of um, a, a lot of potential friendships was just thrown away because they was too worried about who the fuck I liked. And let me go and clear this on in in there because some of y'all over there still think like this. Listen, um, just because I'm attracted to men does not mean I am attracted to you. It's a lot of y'all. I'm finna get real. Uh, well, hold on for a second, cause I'm, you know, I've been Disney Channel for so long. But I'm, let me age it on up. Those that don't like cussing, cover your ears real quick, cause I just finna go off just real quick. Those of you motherfuckers that mainly talk about something, oh, I ain't got a problem as long as you don't like me. Y'all be the main ones that be ugly as hell. That don't nobody want to fuck with. No damn way. Y'all be so damn uh, ready for, and then have the nerve to act offended when somebody said they don't want your motherfucking ass. Which one is it? Do you do you want to be lusted after, or do you want to be offended, bitch? Which one is it? Which which one? Which one? Because it's a lot of y'all. Y'all say that shit, and it, it ain't even. It's it's like nobody thought about you in that way, ever. But let me ease your mind right okay, right ahead now. It wouldn't happen ever. I don't find you attractive. Somebody might, but I don't. What Patty LaBelle say, somebody love you, baby? It ain't over here. I ain't never looked at you that way. Ne- never. Never will. Anyways, getting back to my point, I had a little rant for a second because that was that's something that always got on my nerves. And that you know, them kind of things still happen today. It still happens today. It really does. So anyway, fifth grade came and you know, as far as I love, I love, 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 love my teacher. I loved my principal. Uh yes. I love loved my principal. I loved the assistant principal, she was, you know, she was a disciplinary, I could tell. Old school. But nonetheless, I still loved her. You know, they was, I looked at them like my aunties. They probably didn't even know that, but I looked at them like my aunties. And um, fifth grade was also fun. I got to go in a dental van. I don't care what nobody said. That dental van is actually really a, a really great idea. Those of y'all that don't know what the dental van is, the dental van is like a... Um, it kind of looked like a, a RV. I actually think that might be what it is. It's an RV that comes, but it has a dentist's office inside of it. You can sign your child up uh, for an appointment and stuff to, you know, get their cleanings and things. Well, I happened to go on it uh, in fifth grade, you know, got my cleanings done. And they told me, oh, you got a cavity. We're going to do the colored fill-ins and all that kind of stuff. My mama's insurance paid for that. You know, because they accepted, they accepted Medicaid and things. So, 
that was uh nice. I had got I had got both of my feelings actually on that uh dental van. And I must say they did a damn good job. You know, only thing about getting uh, <laughs> only thing about getting the um the the feelings is that <laughs> One side of your mouth is a little warm, and I I didn't know I didn't really know that until like I was because any time that I had both of those, I didn't end up coming back until uh, a little after lunch, so I got to eat my lunch in class. I drank my milk. They was and they would say you know eat on one side not the other, but I wanted to see. Well, I'm like well I got this drink. I ain't gonna eat on this side, but let me see what happens about you know drink on this side. My damn milk went from cool to hot real quick. And I, it was chocolate milk, too. I don't know if y'all ever had no warmed-up chocolate milk, but it is it is not a great taste. But nonetheless, that, you know, so the dental van was cool. Um, another thing about fifth grade is that my—and I was right. She was the creative teacher. I was right. We took to—, to now, you know, when we got older in school, you know, we started doing study guys. We had to fill out paper. Okay. Here's the thing, though. Fifth grade came. And our study guide were songs. Yeah, I said they were songs. My teacher, Mr. D- Mrs. W., would uh, write the lessons in, like, for uh, history, because it was for history class, write the lessons for history, um to actual songs and she wrote it to current songs so that that way you know because you know when you hear someone on the radio kids you know you, say, you know how to be like well you can learn um that new song on the radio but you can't learn that homework well i guess she found a way to mush them together we learned that new song and we learned that homework you know so i remember it was a song it was it was talking about uh reconstruction but she put it on the usher's uh, confession speed. So when he was like, you know, this is my confession. We were like, this is Reconstructions. Just want to slay. I, I still know the words, Mrs. W. I still know the words. I, after all this time, I still at least know the hook. Now, I don't know if I can take it all the way down, but I at least know the hook. <laughs> so, yeah, it's something that stick with you. So it, it was always fun learning the new songs and everything. We had songs about Reconstruction. We had songs about the railroad. We had songs. Uh, we we yeah. We we really we had fun. I was having fun until them damn fractions came. Oh my gosh. Oh. Them fractions, them fractions, them fractions, them fractions. Mm. I was so good at math before that them things that came on in. Listen, listen, y'all. I was never one to say I loved math. But once them fractions came in the picture, I hated it. Hated it. You you still can't get me to look at a fraction, a decimal, unless it's change. For what? I be, no, uh-uh. I, <laughs> it's funny because, uh, yeah, yeah, I was cool with math until that happened. I never liked it, but I was cool with it until fractions came into the picture. And, you know, I, I was cool with the, you know, uh, you know, one-sixth and 
one fourth, two thirds. You know, I could just shade it in in the in the little uh, circle picture with two two fourths words and all that kind of stuff. When it came to doing all that, multiplying fractions and add, uh uh-uh, no, no, no. When I say I then hate it, because I didn't say the plenty of stuff, I just want y'all to realize how, how much I hated that damn, that, that, yeah. However, I will say I've always been good at English and writing. <laughs> I will say that. Uh, in English, writing, and reading. I mean, that's, yeah, always been the highlight. And let me, let me piggyback. I know I keep bouncing around, y'all, but it's because I'm remembering stuff as I'm talking. One of the good things at a fourth grade, well, it was, you know, fourth grade was an okay year. But I will say one of, the, one of the greatest things is that I started to learn my ability in reading. Because... In fourth grade is when I started to realize that I was not interested in the school library's books. I found them boring. By that point, I didn't want to read Goosebumps no more. I didn't, I didn't, like, R.L. Stein, I love you. Don't, don't think this is me bashing your work if, if somehow this podcast come across you. I still love your work, but I was a lot more into Fear Street than goosebumps and i'm gonna tell you why which is what we're talking about now it's because i found it boring because i i didn't i didn't like kid books no more maybe i didn't care that they had pictures in them or nothing like that i just found them boring it wasn't relatable so it was a book that my oldest sister used to you had read to us before that I had rediscovered in the fourth grade because I had got one of my older sisters who was in high school at the time to get it for me from her school library. The book was Forged by Fire by Sharon M. Draper. That book alone opened up the art of reading to me. Because it was relatable, you know, in terms of the environment he was in, what his parents went through, what he went through as an individual, it was all relatable. Sharon M. Draper is still one of my favorite authors. I, absolutely, hands down. We, because we ain't got to stop there. I'll drop a product. So y'all need to check out these books. Y'all, this old, it don't really matter the age like that for real. This, these are everybody books, you know. If y'all like uh, books like, um, like the Blueford series, it's kind of like that, but it's a different author. And it's, it, but it reminds me of that. Now, I've, I've never read all of the Blue Fruit Series books, but I'm with Sharon M. Draper, her books, it was uh, Forged by Fire. I highly recommend. Uh, highly recommend uh, The Battle of Jericho. And I also highly recommend November Blues. Those three right there. Highly recommend all three of those. Read those and let me know what you think. But, um, so in fourth grade is when I realized, you know, I could read because in the, in the fourth grade, I was actually reading on a 10th grade reading level or maybe ninth grade reading level. Either one, it was a big deal 
because I was, you know, little old me was in the fourth grade, you know. Um, I remember the first time I sounded out Cadillac in the fourth grade. Anyway, we're going back to fifth, okay? Back to fifth. So reading has always been something like, and and a big a big thing happened in the fifth grade. I won the writers competition contest for my school. My name was in a newsletter. It it was great. Now I will say, it was really neck and neck between me and one other student who was also in my class. But I won because my I had um, a higher word count. <clears throat> so I got to go to the writers' conference, and I must say that was the best. That was the best. Oh, that was the best. Um, a I got to travel somewhere outside of uh. Chester. Any time out of Chester was really nice, but it was my fifth grade teacher, Mrs. W, that took me. Now, I still feel like I'm, now she would say, you know, I'm a chatterbox now. And one of my students was just like, okay, Mrs. W, okay. I think I'm one of the only students of hers that ever out talked her. Oh, honey, I was, she ain't know, but I would fold, um, you know, schools and switching cities and all that. Back when uh, I was real young, like in preschool days, I was the chatterbox in my family. Matter of fact, my mama called me a tape recorder. She had a little song to it and everything. She said, MJ's a tape recorder, press with wine, and he talk all the time. That's what she would say. <laughs> That's what she was saying. So I was the tape recorder because I was always known to just talk, 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 like I'm doing now. So... Uh, it was a, a bonding experience for us. And mind you, I told y'all, Mrs. W, I feel like it's the, it's the first uh, adult in my life to see me as an actual person, you know. Um, and it was a good bonding experience. You know, we traveled down there. You know, we went to Ballantyne. And um, it was a great experience. Got to meet the author. And one of the books I actually had read that year, it was Uncle Jed's Barbershop. I wish I could remember... Um, the author's name, because I, I should have remembered the name to the Blue for Series too, Uncle Jed's Barbershop. But if you Google Uncle Jed's Barbershop, that author, I actually met him. When I say met him, because I didn't, I don't think I got to walk up to him and meet him. I, I just, you know, he was speaking. And, you know, he read his book and everything, you know, showed us the pictures and how he drew them and everything. It was really, it was really nice for us young writers. I actually met some uh, new people. Never saw them again in life, but it was nice to meet people. I remember this one guy, because we, we had Subway for lunch. Uh, them was good sandwiches. But I remember he was giving away his sandwich because he said he didn't like sandwiches. And I just thought that was so weird. Little did I know I would meet somebody who had that same kind of appetite. And girl, <laughs> I love you, girl. But you know you're a picky eater. But, okay, back to... Fifth grade me, I thought it was so strange that this boy didn't eat sandwiches, but okay. It's just like you ain't never had no ham and cheese sandwich before. You don't, you don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? No. No no bologna cheese sandwiches? You don't, you don't like none of that? No. No. Oh. Well, what you eat for a snack? You know, I was very curious, but yeah. Um, and then, uh, on the way there and before, I remember Mrs. W playing, uh, Million Dollar Bill by Whitney Houston, which is still my jam 
today. And it probably has a lot to do with that with that road trip. That yeah, cause um Mrs. W was a true Whitney Houston fan. Honey, and at the time, you know, Whitney it, no Whitney was still uh, you know, living in Riven. This was this was this was way before uh her, you know, last transition in life. Um and Mrs. W was like, honey, I don't care what nobody say about my Whitney. That's still my girl. You know, let me know. If you got a problem with Whitney, I'm sorry for you, but we listening for this. Well, we also listened to some other things and everything, too. Honey, I had talked to her ear so bad. I don't think she could say it. Okay. <laughs> I'll never forget that. It was my realization that she got tired of me talking so I could hush. Um... My, my 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 throat never got dry. I promise you it did not. I could I could have talked that whole trip. I've done it before. In a road trip, the most I've ever talked was a full six hours, nonstop, talking the whole time. Yes, I can hold a conversation, baby. Engaged in conversations, I'm just you know. So that was one of the biggest things that happened in fifth grade was winning that uh, winner's uh, comp- uh, competition and just being recognized for writing. Little did I know that would actually play a big part in what I do now as far as my love for writing. I've been writing since the fourth grade, but I didn't take it serious until the summer before the seventh grade, but we'll get there. So... We have fifth grade coming to an end. Got to graduate, y'all listen. That was one of the best feelings ever to to do what I had seen previous groups do twice before me. And to sing that song, World's Greatest, do the little lean back and pop and pointing out to the crowd. My mama and my, one of my sisters showed up to watch me graduate. I had a cap. We didn't have no gown because that wasn't the school budget that year. But we had caps. We was dressed, you know, nice and everything. And I had, y'all, one thing about elementary school, your boy stayed with an award, okay? I don't care if it was the mathematics for a computer test. I mean, the uh, award for completing a computer test, language arts test. Or scoring high on it, because I would always score high, you know, yeah. On a on a language arts test, perfect attendance, A B honor roll, um Yeah, A B honor roll. Um let's see, uh a reading award or uh, um what else did they give me? They give me. I got. I always. I always had an award. I was the one of the top students in in that school as far as well behaved students in that school. Like twice. I didn't know how far that reached until um, Family up in West Virginia actually saw it in the paper. I was like, oh, wow. I didn't know I reached that far. But, yeah, I was in a newspaper. <laughs> and um, that graduation ceremony came on. I felt like Michael Jackson. Yes, I did. 
Yes, I did. I I felt like Michael Jackson. I had so many awards in my hand. They weren't trophies, but they were, you know, certificates and things. And one of them that stood out to me was the Pat Sink Award that was presented to me by my um, guidance counselor member from third grade where I met the third grade class, Mrs. Uh, Taylor, Miss Taylor at the time. Well, by that time, she had became Mrs. Craft, but, you know, because she got married. But, you know, that's who presented the award, which basically was I didn't have any write-ups or anything like that for the whole year. I didn't, I didn't get any trouble. I wasn't a person that really got troubles. And, you know, back in, in that school, it, oh gosh, it was the most aggravating sentence you ever want to hear. See, you know how when you was in younger, in younger grades, they would say, um, uh, we're going to pull your, pull your card or pull your, uh, flip your color to yellow or red or whatever like that. I would have been perfectly fine with that concept in the, in that school, but no, they called it codes. Still, to, I really don't understand why they call it codes. They was like, "Oh, you need to not be quiet. If I get your code, what?" But apparently, if you got three codes, you had to do. You had to go to uh, in school suspension. Yeah, and um. I will say the only time I was in in-school suspension was because I didn't finish my homework. And Mrs. W. told us, if y'all don't finish y'all homework, I'm sending you to in-school suspension. She said it. She meant what she said. At this time, I was kind of falling off my homework. I don't know why. I, I, it wasn't that I couldn't do it. I just didn't want to. And, you know, that's around the time I started falling off from doing my homework. And I tried to, I remember she said that, you, y'all know I tried to do my homework on the, on the bus on the way there. Thinking if I just scribbled something on this, something, that she would let me pass. She let me pass, all right. Passed my little ass right on to that in-school suspension with two other people. She wasn't playing no games. <laughs> now, that's one thing about Miss Worley. Miss Worley. I done slipped up and almost said her name. Ooh. I caught myself, though. If y'all caught the name I said, shut up, don't you? All right. Mrs. W. Was a fair, is a fair woman. She don't play favorites. Okay, you might feel like her favorite when she's talking to you. That was just her appeal, though. Like, she was just uh, in tune with the person she was having a conversation with. So you'll feel like her favorite when she's talking to you. But uh, she was very fair. So I got my ass sent to ISS. But it wasn't something that was put on my record or nothing. I didn't actually, I wasn't going there for behavior problems. I was going there because I didn't finish my homework. I need to finish my homework. But I ended up standing there the whole day because, you know, she wanted it done, but she wanted it done right. So, yeah, there was that. I was just like, oh, please. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, the part of me, though, was kind of curious on how ISS had worked, though. 
Now, keep in mind, I said this is when time people start inquiring about my sexuality. Um, I had uh, literally a, a, a guy, a, a classmate, freak out that I was sitting at the table because he felt I was gay. And made a big deal about it. And I remember getting excited. I did defend myself a little bit. And then this nook, this other person, who, quite frankly, honestly speaking, I still don't really like to this day, uh, was like, oh, he is gay. I mean, you know, it's true. But I'm like, you, how do you know? And mind you, this is the fifth grade. I personally don't know anybody that was that was tossing fluids and things like that. Excuse my language, but I couldn't I couldn't think of another analogy. I wouldn't I didn't know anybody that was, you know, tossing bed sheets around. That's about it. Tossing bed sheets around in fifth grade. We might have talked about it because we was we was a bunch of, of of fast kids. But wasn't nobody doing that in no fifth grade? Are you no. Nobody was doing that. So how the fuck <clears throat> how you gonna tell me what I am? And at that moment, I wasn't even trying to entertain that possibility. I was trying to scooch it from my mind. I already had my mama asking me at that time. And, uh, you know, now I got classmates asking me. And it's just like, damn, can I just go to school like everybody else? Well, I got to be questioned about my mannerisms. And, you know, I, I granted, I, I wasn't like other boys. But that don't mean that, though. Like, you know, damn. Anyways. And I remember Ms. W, Mrs. W separated me from that table. Upon my request, because I, I was over it. I didn't, mm-mm. So that, that was a thing, and I was happy about that. I was glad about that. Um, but little did I know that would be nothing compared to what I would have to go through for the rest of my school career. So, fifth grade comes, closes with graduation, and I had did something drastic, which beforehand I had always had, for the most part, long hair. I wore my hair in cornrows. Had some good hang time, too. So before my fifth grade graduation, my mama didn't feel like taking out my hair I knew it was going to hurt because I was tender headed. I really didn't want her to do it. So I decided to get a cut. God couldn't do it no more. I said I was going to get a cut. I, was, I had enough. I said, I, I will get it. I will get it cut. I will get a cut. I'm tired of this. Going through this pain. Every time I, I will get my hair cut. So the day before, maybe, maybe the beginning week before graduation, I showed up with my hair cut. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved it. I loved it too. It was such a big change because people had all year round, years before that had been so used to me, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, been so used to me with cornrows. Everybody knew me for cornrows. Not no afro because I never wore my hair in afro back then. Cornrows. Everybody knew me for cornrows, which... 
I can say that word now, but I ain't going to lie. Back then, the word cornrows used to piss me off. I don't know why. I just didn't like it. I would say, they're braids. They're bra- <laughs> I, was, I was very particular back then. But no, nah, I, I was known for uh, my braids, you know, straight back cornrows. That's what I always had my hair like. So I cut it. And then, you know, we graduated. Everything was nice. And then sixth grade rolls around the corner. Now, before we dive into that, let me go and tell y'all. Okay, so when I came in in, um, in third grade, the School of Inquiry had to wear school uniforms, right? So you could wear khaki pants or navy pants with your choice of a red, white, or navy blue shirt. Now, back then, I don't know why we thought we was the stuff when we wore a navy, navy blue pants with a navy blue shirt. We just thought we looked good. We didn't know that was so tacky. It was so tacky. It was. Ooh, tacky. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when you don't have much of a choice in what you wear, you make do with what you got. So a lot of us, our fashion was our shoes. I know some schools are a lot stricter about shoes. You can't wear certain color shoes then. But luckily for us, we were able to wear uh, different shoes. Whether it matched the khakis and navy blue pants or not, it was the shoes we was wearing. So in the fourth grade, they had sent a, parent, uh, a letter out to parents pretty much asking them if they should continue the uniforms or do they think it's time to evolve and let it go. Most of the parents voted to let it go. So we came up out of them uniforms in the fourth grade. Oh, thank you. I was so happy. And then we, because uh, back then we only could wear our own clothes on Fridays. So then in the fifth grade, you know, wearing free clothes, everything like that. Sixth grade, come around the corner, straight back to uniforms. <laughs> you thought. So that was kind of a little bummed out about that because it was just like, dang, like, we finally got out them uniforms, got to go right back in them. Except for they identify you and your grade by the pants that you wear. So sixth grade had to wear khakis. Seventh grade wore either black or you could wear gray pants. And eighth grade wore navy blue pants. I'm like, oh. So I felt like when I had on khaki pants and a red shirt, I looked like I worked at Papa John's. I'm not Papa John, uh, Pizza Hut. Yeah, I felt like I worked at Pizza Hut, very much so. And um, matter of fact, while we're talking about uh, Pizza Hut, let me tell y'all something. So, you know, with Chester, I told y'all, well, I didn't before. If y'all didn't know, Chester's small. It kind of reminds me of Nutbush, Tennessee, the song that is. Not the actual place I've never been. And you got the schoolhouse, which is a schoolhouse, outhouse, church house, house. I ain't trying to get copyrighted. I'm just a copyright star. I'm just, you know. That's kind of how I felt about Chester in, in terms of like back then, it really wasn't. It wasn't much in Chester. Um. It, as far as restaurants, we had 
A McDonald's. Now I'm gonna tell you, it ain't no repeat restaurant. So those of y'all that's thinking you finna get two or one restaurant and this one kid, they didn't they didn't roll like that. No, it was a McDonald's. It was a Burger King. It was a Wendy's. It was a um. Uh, it was two. Now it was two Chinese restaurants. Now it it was two of those on two different you know sides or whatever. But they neither one of them were really that far from each other. Um, the rest of what filled in there were like the local restaurants. Now I will say the local restaurants. That's some of the best cooking and the worst cooking I've ever had. Reason why I say best and worst, I got the best from one restaurant, got the worst from another. Because one restaurant, the only reason they ever got any plates up out of there is when it was tax time. Why? Because they charge so much. And they don't tell me that your food ain't even good. No. 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 Mm-mm. But eventually that place did close later on um, in the years, which I never saw that coming. I guess, you know, my generation was just like, we're not finna do what our parents didn't pay for that shit. We, no, uh-uh. We'll, we'll travel. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, and there was, you know, of course, there was a, um, Pizza Hut was the only pizza place for a while until Little Caesars had came. And, um, then it was two spots, but I still preferred Pizza Hut. Um, no, you know, I prefer Pizza Hut uh, uh, as opposed to, um, Little Caesars. Sorry, not sorry. For a little while, we had a Krispy Kreme. And by a little while, I really do mean just that, a little while. Um, the grocery stores were nice. You know, we had a Bilo. We had a Food Lion. We had Walmart that would close down and move to a different location and become a super Walmart. Um, which, honestly speaking, um, the super Walmart became the mall in Chester. If that gives you any indication of how small Chester is. Later on in life, they would go on to add a Taco Bell and uh, I, I wanted something else. I don't remember it. Um, but yeah, uh, now one of my favorite places in the prime, in prime days was Chicken King. One of their prime days. Oh, we also had a KFC and a Bojangles. A good decent amount of restaurants. They were relatively close to each other, honestly. Um, from from Wendy's, you could see Burger King. From Burger King, you could look across the street, you could see Chicken King. And Chicken King didn't come there until... Uh, when I was in high school. But they were very, 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 very good. I used to get the shrimp plate all the time. One of my classmates asked me for one of my shrimp. That's something I don't play about still to this day. If if you ever come across me in real life, don't ever ask for one of my shrimp. The answer is no. You can get your feelings hurt. If you keep asking, you'll get cussed out. I'm that serious about shrimp. So, uh... <laughs> Sixth grade come around. I was excited to be in middle school in a lot of ways. Um, I got to see some familiar faces. Got to see some not so familiar faces. Um, 
sixth grade is yeah um I got drafted in the band and the reason why I say drafted is because uh I didn't realize they would pick me see they came over to our school in the fifth grade you know how they asked us would you like to be in band and of course you seeing how well this this uh band just played and you know, you just jammed, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to be in band, I want to be in band. I didn't think they was going to actually take me serious. Um, and on top of that, I didn't even get the instrument that I wanted. Listen, y'all, I wanted to play either the saxophone, the trump, got like saxophone, I like jazz, the trumpet, or the French horn. I, I got put with a trombone, but you know what? I love that trombone. I couldn't play all that well, never really could, but I, I played well enough to blend on in. I'll tell you that much. I sounded good with everybody else. So, um, band was eventually something I fell in love with. I will say that. Um, I will tell you, though, you know, we started off with six of us trombones. By the time eighth grade crept around the corner, we, it was only two of us. If that explains how deep them cuts was. <laughs> uh-huh. So, I, I got in band and I got into my um, keyboarding class. I liked keyboarding. Um, my bass classes, my bass classes or core classes as some of you all would put it, it's like my credential classes. Um so I, I definitely had fun with, no, I didn't have fun with them core classes. The only class I liked that particular year in sixth grade, hmm, let me see, who did I have? Science, social studies, English. I only liked my English class. Every other class in my book honestly could have kicked rocks. My social studies teacher acted stank. Science teacher talk too slick. My math teacher... Oh, you know what? I take that back. With my math teacher, I feel like she was one of those people that was waiting to give wisdom. But she came off as judgy. I didn't like that. Now, my English teacher, I loved her. I love. Ooh, I loved that woman. Uh, she was a woman of few words, but she said a lot and just a little bit. One of those kind of uh, women. Um... I enjoyed her class, of course. I stayed. I don't think I ever went below a B in her class. And actually, because of my fifth grade teacher, I was in um, honors classes. All of my sixth grade classes and seventh grade classes were honor classes. No pressure, right? So, I'm not going to lie. Back then, I liked the structure because I was in honors classes, but... When I think about it as as I am now, I kind of don't like that because it separates people. I feel like it can make you classist because, you know, us in honest classes, you know, we're looking like, oh, we're honest classes. And so you just automatically assume that the um, other students aren't as intelligent. And that's not all what it, you know, what it was. Um, but that's, I wouldn't say we were conditioned to think that way. But they did put pressure on us because they're like, 
y'all are in honors. You're supposed to be doing this, this, and that. You know, if you don't want to, you know, do it like this, then y'all maybe need to go to, you know, the other side. They would say stuff like that now. I'm not, I'm not sure. Go to, they would say stuff like that. So, of course, with them saying stuff like that, we're, you know, you get the air about it. Like, oh, we, we better than them. And we weren't. You know, of course, you have to make your own kinds of decisions. Like, you know, I ain't better than nobody. But I'm saying, and then I had to make a new set of friends because my friends that I was used to speaking to either I didn't have classes with or weren't in honors classes. So we were on two completely different sides of the hallway. So there was that. And then um, seventh grade rolled around. The only teacher I liked actually that year, well, no, 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 I can't say that. I liked all of my teachers eventually. Um, it's just that <laughs> so the teacher that I started off disliking would be the teacher that I end up liking. The teacher that I, I started off liking would be the teacher I ended up disliking. Um, I okay. Let me let me say this. My English teacher that year. Yeah, Piece of work, piece of work, piece of work, piece of work. But it's only because she knew that I had potential. That I think that's why she kept her foot on my neck. But I didn't want to hear none of that at that time. I was already going through personal things at that time. I wasn't saying fuck you to everybody in the school, but it was really, I was really wanting to say just leave me the fuck alone. Uh, my science teacher was cool. She was the hip one, you know. I thought I was just liking her because she was like, you know, if I say something, da, 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 and you don't like it, and you tell your mama, you, you, you can get your mama cussed out too. And I was just in my head like, girl, you don't even know my mama. Like, stop it. Even now, I'm still like, nah, if my mama came to that school, I don't think you would have had that energy with her. And if you did, y'all was getting ready to move some desk around up in there. My mama, you know. She don't don't disrespect her. She don't disrespect you. If she felt like you come to her crazy, she'll come back to you the same way you coming at her. Either you was going to end up laid out on the floor or, you know, either way, security was going to have to be called. Because, uh, yeah, that might work for these students being impressed with you. But me, I know my mama. We, she'll tear this classroom up with you in it, okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. Might want to check somebody, you know, might want to, Meet some of these parents before you just go ahead and say that now. Because I know my mom wasn't the only mama up in, uh, that belonged to these students that would have towed her up. Just saying. Um, let's see. But I, I loved my math teacher. Now, I, I will say my social studies teacher for that year, seventh grade, she was funny when she wanted to be. I liked her. She was a likable person. But I found her to be very hot and cold. Either she was super happy and giggling goofy or she was very angry. And it's just like, well, damn. Which one, which which side of the damn, you know, pillow am I going to get this day? Um, Yeah, so that was seventh grade. Nothing really. Oh, seventh grade now. Seventh grade is important because that was the year, and I told you I love to read. But seventh grade was when I had been formally introduced to erotica, okay? More specifically, urban erotica, if you will. 
one of the first place uh, uh, books I read was um, still one of my favorite authors to this day, Cairo. I read um, The Manhandler. When I tell you that that busted open a window and shot down a door and my love for reading all that, all of that, all of that, all of that. Yes, I was the one in seventh grade that was reading the sex books, as people call them. But I really read it for more than just the sex, honestly. Um, and you know about seventh grade, you know, I had no hormonal changes and all that kind of stuff, but I didn't read it for that. I read it because, once again, it was relatable. It was more adult. So, yeah, I, I fell in love with that. Oh, yes, yes, yes. After that, I was uh, read The Sisters of APF by Zane. Uh, still one of my go-to reads to this day. I love that book. Um, but what would really set it off in the books I started reading uh, from then on the series by Nisa Santiago... It was it's the baddest chick series, but the first well actually read it incorrectly, uh, out of order, on accident. It was a book that one of my mama's uh, co-workers was talking about, but she was describing the story, but she could not think of the name, and I was like, oh, okay, but I had got the second book. It was called Coca Cola, and I was reading it, and I noticed that some of the characters' names sounded very very familiar, until it dawned on me, oh snap. This is the book she was talking about. I said, but wait, this ain't, I said, so this must be the second book. I need to get the first book. So I went and got the first book from uh, Walmart, Bad Apple. Started reading it. Now, me and my, my girl, my best friend, uh, we was reading these books together. You know, she had one. I, she'd give it to me to read. If I had one, I'd give it to her to read. But for the most part, most of the books came for her. Unless I got a book before she did. Um, so, so yeah, we was reading that. Uh, so, through my school career, I read Bad Apple, Coca-Cola, Checkmate, and then Face Off. I believe Face Off came out... I had to be in the eighth grade. I had to because I remember reading it in a band class. Had to be the eighth grade. And then uh, by the time the ninth grade came out, South Beach Cartel was a thing. So, Nisa Santiago, if you ever uh, come across this, I'm still reading your books. I got to get that last book you came out with. I, I, Yes. I'm very much a fan of Apple and Cola. Um, but what you really going to do with Sadie? Uh, but we're not here to talk. We, we're here to talk about school. That's a video for another another time. Back to the topic at hand. So that, that love and reading really took off in the seventh grade. Eighth grade came around, and to, to rewind a little bit, I, I think that sixth grade is when more people started to ask and inquire about my sexuality. At first, they started asking me. I would say no. Then they started asking other people. That's kind of where I had a problem, but I wouldn't say anything. Because why are you asking other people? If you're not satisfied with the answer, 
I'm sorry to you, but um, especially if it was somebody that didn't know me. Because if they didn't know me, how how the hell do you expect them to tell you anything about me? But whatever. And then when the, uh, the summer before seventh grade is when I finally started taking writing seriously, I wrote a, a book in a composition notebook. That's where all of my stories were written. Neither uh, spiral notebooks or composition notebooks. This particular one, I still have it. So I'm actually looking at it right now over on my desk. Uh, I wrote that back in, uh, I started it on the, the summer of, right before seventh grade. I finished it in high school. Ninth grade is when I finished it officially. Before I started writing the second part to it, and I don't know where the second part of it went, actually. I don't know. I don't know where the second part went. But I did it. And I was writing other books at that same time as well. Some books got scrapped, some books, you know. But I managed to finish that one. Um, it was it was fun. Definitely, 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 definitely fun. Um I would, other students would read it. Now, around that time when I was writing, I didn't like when too many people crowded around my books because then it get attention drawn from the teacher. And at that particular time, I wasn't old enough to be writing about those kinds of things that I was writing about. Did I care? No, not really. I just didn't want to get caught. That was the thing. Oh, speaking of caught, y'all, seventh grade, y'all. I got caught reading, um, what book was it? I want to say it was definitely a, a, a Zane book, I think. I, but I I got caught reading it. And it was by my English teacher because people had made it a spectacle of wanting to read it. And they made it a spectacle in a sense of it caught my English teacher's attention. I'm not going to bother to tell y'all this lady pulled me to the side and was like, um... That book that you're reading, um, you shouldn't be reading at your age. You have no business reading that at your age. And mind you, she got her partner in crime with her, the science teacher. Them two, you know, went back like four flats on the Cadillac. So, you know, they all, yeah, they ganged up on me pretty much, okay? And um, they was like, um, you know... Yeah, um, yeah, um, and then the science teacher said, does your mama know you're reading that? You know, I tried to lie and say, yeah, but then she gave me that mama look. You know the one that was like, come off the bullshit kind of mama look. So I was like, no, she don't know. She, no, she don't know. And, um, y'all get this. Okay, so I had to get a book to them. My mama had to come and get it. And turn it back to the library with my uh, my cousin who was staying with us at the time. And y'all know that the only reason why the English teacher told my mama is because she thought I was going to get in trouble. I didn't get in trouble. My mama talked to me about it. 
asking me why I was reading it. But then she had to take a change of thought. It's just like, well, you know what? There's a whole lot of other things that you could be doing. And the one thing she called me about is that you're reading. My, when my mama thought, thought about it, she was like, it's so many other things that's going on. Like, students really doing bad things out here and you're going to call me because my child is reading a book. In my mama's mind, I felt like she was telling her, low-key, find something to do. Okay, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to list uh, my Chester experiences, part one and two. I don't want to, <laughs> I realized it was like close to an hour and 30 minutes, and I don't want to overdrag it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do part three another time and just pick up from where I left off. That way it's not too much. Like I did say, I am a ch- I can hold a conversation, especially if it's talking about something uh, relative, relative to my life or my childhood, so, uh, more specifically. So yeah, I'm gonna break this, break this down. We're gonna do the part one, part two, and then I'll do part three at another time, just to keep the ball rolling and not to overpower something all in one sitting. Yeah. So that's, that's what, that's what it's going to do. All right. Thank you for listening. (laughs) If you made it to the end, thank you for listening. I know that I can be very detailed and uh, go around the the world a little bit and come back to a point. But if you're hugging that long, thank you so much. Uh, part three will be out soon. Y'all have a wonderful day. Um, wonderful road trips if you're traveling. Whenever you listen to this, y'all continue to prosper in life and, you know, have the best day as possible.